You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded whores. Welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica. And this season, we are starting off our interviews with the lovely Rachel Rampage. Rachel's a full-time feature dancer in Vancouver, Canada. She's performed all over Western Canada, Quebec, and Australia with almost a decade in the industry. This tattoo magazine cover girl has dabbled in adult films, music videos, and currently music, performing keyboards and vocals on the second album coming out for the band Ritual Dictates. Riley and I were super excited to sit and chat with Rachel because we are both huge fans of hers and you guys are going to be as well if you aren't already. So here you go. Thank you so much for joining us, Rachel. Uh, The first question, a nice easy one. How did you get into sex work? How did I get into sex work? Um, I started dancing when I was a full-time student. I was going to makeup school. I was working in a vintage clothing store in Vancouver and I was making minimum wage and I had a really cheap place in East Van that I roomed with with a girlfriend and I could afford to pay my rent, but I couldn't afford to eat anything. (laughs) I was like terrifyingly skinny or fabulously skinny. It depends on who you ask. (laughs) Um, But for me, it was bad. It was, it was a really bad thing. And the girl that I was living with, she had done a couple amateur contests and she was like, you know, it's a great thing to do. It's so much fun being on stage and, you know, maybe you should try it. And I really didn't have any sort of problem with nudity or anything like that. I thought, okay, yeah, I'll try it. My biggest fear was walking in heels. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I would be like 5'10 without my heels. So, yeah, I mean, you guys see me walking around the club and how big I am. It's, 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 it's something else. <laughs> Um, but I did, I went and I did an amateur contest. Uh, are we allowed to say the places or are we not supposed to say? No, you can yeah. say them. Okay. Um, yeah. So I went and I did an amateur contest at the penthouse in Vancouver and I won and I won like 400 bucks. And when you're like literally starving, $400 is so much money. And I just felt like the queen of the world. And so I just never stopped. So many chicken nuggets. So many chicken nuggets. (laughs) Yeah, it was really cool. (laughs) And it's like six years later now. Yeah, I think we've all talked about like the money that you make on your first night stripping. And like for me, it was like $700. And I was like, I'm fucking rich. (laughs) Yeah. For Birkin to like send me their like uh, (laughs) invitation to buy something. Yeah, I mean, it was like, it was a life changer for me. So what avenues have you all worked in in sex work, and what has been your favorite? Stripping absolutely has been my favorite. It's, I, I mean, I do it six, sometimes seven nights a week, and I have for a really long time. I very, very rarely take any time off because I love doing it so much. Um, I've done some adult films. I haven't really done any cam anything. Um, I get asked to do it a lot and I just, it's just not for me. I had only fans for one week and I think I posted like a nipple on it. Like it was like really not a thing. And the world was, was a better place. It was just, it, I don't know. It, it was just not for me. It's not for me. Um, 
yeah, I think, did I say I did, a, like, some adult films? Yeah, some of that. I was a sugar baby for a hot second, like, way back in the day. But that was it. How did you go from like a stripper rookie to a full-time feature dancer? And you're like full, full-time. Like when I think yeah. full-time, I'm like a three days, a modest three days a week is good. <laughs> that's like a yeah. good week for me. But doing six, seven days a week, that's insane. So how did you, how did you do that journey from starting to where you are now? A lot of plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> Love the honesty. Like, like a lot of plastic surgery. I did not look like this when I started. <laughs> hey but you got a sugar daddy early on so just I know, like, that was like no that was like before anything was no it, like it was not even it was it was like a once a month meetup for like three times <laughs> <laughs> I was really trying to give you credit but okay no I didn't know I did not credit that at all but it was an experience right <laughs> Um, okay, a lot of plastic surgery. I've invested a lot of money into my craft, like a lot. My costumes are very expensive. My tra- like my aerial training is very expensive. We all know pole classes are not cheap. And even though I don't do pole classes all the time, like even just starting out doing aerial hoop, it, it's expensive. And you know, the, all the equipment. Like I have all of my own equipment, and you know, I swore off ski crystal all my shit and that is not cheap but it really really brings like a little extra something to your stage shows I think so yeah I've, I've invested a lot into it but I've gotten a lot out of it have you always danced in Vancouver or because like the way you go about your stage work and putting that much money and time into your stage presence And the amount you work is very, like, Alberta in my experience. Like, Alberta girls put a lot of effort into their work, and they work a fuck ton. That's not quite Vancouver mentality. So have you always stuck to Vancouver then? No, I I used to work in Alberta a little bit. I started in BC. Okay. And I did the circuit. I'd go up to Kelowna, Prince George, Fort St. John, you know, back down and around again. I worked at all the clubs in in Vancouver, most of them. Um. But I did go up to Alberta a handful of times. I wasn't like, I, I never lived out there. It was more of like a circuity drive to this town one week, that town the next week, down and around again. Um, it's, I, I, I think that I'm, how do I say this? The, the girls there absolutely put a lot of money and time into their, into their shows. I will say that I've always made better money in Vancouver where I am right now, just because it's so consistent. I know the room so well and it just, I, I, it just works for me and who I am. Whereas when I would go out to Alberta, when oil was good, you can make a, a really good week, but then oil wasn't good for very long when I started. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, it, it, the money dried up as well. Yeah. Um, have you always stayed in Canada dancing or have you danced outside of Canada as well? No, um, other parts of Canada. I've worked in Quebec as well and I've gone up to the Yukon as well. Um, I've danced in like a handful of places in Australia, which was really fun because it was with Leonie who you have had on your podcast as well. Yes, we have. 
in within Canada, you still say that Vancouver has been the best place for you, you think? Where I'm at right now, like my main club that I'm at is absolutely my favorite place. I hands down always I've been there for like five years now straight <laughs> there must be something good there keeping you no plans on leaving I'm gonna have to be like dragged out of there I'm gonna be clawing my way back in <laughs> I'm never leaving <laughs> no that's good to hear though because a lot of people like begrudgingly stick to a club so it's nice it's refreshing to hear that you're like happily staying there Happily. Very, very happily. Yeah. That's awesome. So you predominantly do stage, but you do lap dances as well. Is Mm -hmm. that like a conscious choice to always be a stage performer or do you do VIP nights as well where you're just kind of freelancing VIPing? I I do sometimes. And it's the very rare chance that maybe I'll have a week off. I'll go in for probably like I don't know, like three of those nights and VIP just because I love being there so much. And I love all my friends there so much. And I love making money all the time. I'm absolutely addicted to the cash. Yeah. Yeah. It is a gateway drug. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. I do not understand how anyone goes back to like a normal square job. Well, to lose weight. (laughs) (laughs) I did it during COVID. It was horrible. You did a square job during COVID? Yeah. Ew, what job did did you do? I, uh, (laughs) ew. Yeah, I became an apprentice funeral director and embalmer. Okay, well, that's fun. (laughs) No, there was zero fun. Actually, it was really sad. (laughs) I blame all the horror movies I've watched that make it look so fun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's super not like that at all. I'm like laughing about it now because I'm like, I'm like nervous laughing at how, how sad and depressing it was, but oh no! <laughs> now, now I'm a sparkly person again and I can laugh about it. Yeah. Well, the more, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always wanted to be a forensic scientist. And then someone was like, you will be like your coworkers are dead bodies. Like, can you deal with that? And I was like, maybe not. Like, <laughs> you know what? The, the dead bodies didn't bother me as much as some of the live bodies walking around. I'll say that. I believe <laughs> I was that. definitely treated differently for being a sex worker before COVID. I believe in that. In an environment like that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's something we've talked about at length, how sex workers are treated so differently and just mm-hmm. the constant stigma that follows us no matter where we go. And, um, I'm I'm sure you know who Jack Francis is, um, Canadian dancer. She has that saying, it says like, no one will let you forget that you were a stripper, but why would you ever want to? And I really try to like remind myself that when it like kind of sucks in the real world as well. (laughs) Um, but I will say there were absolutely a handful of people that were really cool and really interested in it and were, did not judge me, at least my face. And then there were the other ones that were. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the others <laughs> yeah do you think that's specific to just square jobs in general or was this like funeral homes hate strippers no I think it's square <laughs> jobs in general I really do yeah because as soon as I went back to the club I was welcomed with open arms and everything was fairies and sunshine and sparkles again <laughs> do you know what I mean 
Like, I think I just love that sex workers love other sex workers so much. For the most part. <laughs> uh, yes, for the most part. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, do you have I really things to say about the industry? Like my experiences, I've had really terrible experiences and like I have seen some shit in my 10 years, but for the most part, it's absolutely my favorite thing I've ever done. It's what I hope to do forever. That's really nice to hear. I'm surprised with that a bit because you are a very beautiful, striking woman and you're very talented. And I find those, unfortunately, are the women that get hated on the most in our industry is if you are good at your job and you're attractive, people will come for you. So I'm yeah, happy to hear. We just not bring it to my face. Oh, that's good though. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Very true. So do you have any advice for dancers who are wanting to get into the business of either you know, stripping or porn or um, any kind of type of um, job in the sex industry? Take care of yourself. Absolutely. Take really good care of your skin. Wear sunscreen. Oh my God. <laughs> that is that is my advice. Take really good care of yourself because it is a very beauty run industry and you have to stay good looking. Um, and also, you know, surround yourself with other people who are supportive of your decisions rather than, you know, you, you, you the best, something that's really great about being an adult is that you get to pick and choose the people that you surround yourself with and pick and choose the people that are willing to support you in your decisions including if you want to be a sex worker. Definitely. Um, That's something, again, we've talked about quite often is how you can really curate your circle. One more piece of advice that, like, um, I wish somebody told me when I was starting, Uh, and because everybody always kind of says, like, save your money. Like, that's one I hear a lot. Save your money, save your money. I absolutely believe in that as well. You should absolutely save your money, especially because it's coming in so quickly. Um, but also enjoy your money because like live your life, (laughs) don't live like your extra, extra life that you can't afford to feed yourself, but like take that vacation, you know, have all your bills paid and then like have a little fun, but like, just be smart about it. But like, don't just save everything. Come on. Like you're a stripper. Show it. I completely agree. I'm very guilty of that. Where like, I was raised in a household where, like, we never went on vacations. Like, that was, like, wasted money. And when Riley and I went to Florida um, a little while ago, my parents were like, well, my mom was like, why are you going on vacation? I was like, because I work all day every day. (laughs) Like, because I deserve it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) And I can't take it to the grave with me where Rachel will be embalming me (laughs) and my money. I'm sorry. She will not be. (laughs) Come back just for me. Some of them might listen to this, so I'm just like, oh shit. (laughs) I went on a leave of absence technically, so my mentor was like, look, we don't know what's happening in the world. Like, as soon as my my club opened up, or our club, I say my club just because I'm there all the time. It's not my club. (laughs) You own the club now, yes. It's the only club in my eyes. Um, As soon as the club opened up, I went back right away and my mentor at, uh, in like the funeral home and, uh, care center, 
she was like, look, take a leave of absence because we don't know what the world is going to do. And what if they shut everything back down? Like, she's like, there's always room at the inn. And if you need or want to come back, you can come back. And I was like, oh, like, that's really sweet. Thank you. I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you can have some sort of comfort, uh, like confidence in the fact that the people that really hate sex workers are probably not going to stumble upon this particular podcast unless they're like hate listening. And then you kind of have to like evaluate where, um, how much, how much time they have on their hands, you know? And and honestly, rest assured that the people that are hate listening hate me and not you. (laughs) It is an ass problem. (laughs) Hate me as well. (laughs) Yeah. Come to the dark side. They'll hate you too. (laughs) (laughs) so do you obviously like your career is elevated like you do a extremely good stage show um you're doing something right to be able to perform the way you do at the level you do the amount of nights you do uh do you have any advice for other individuals that are already in the industry that want to elevate their performances or really take their career to the next level so something that's worked for my stage shows really, really well is like I said before, just upgrading your costumes. Like I Swarovski crystal, my own, I sit at home after work and I'm like hunched over my table and I'm just sticking every crystal on there like all the time. Um, but also I use a lot of kind of humor and clowning in my stage shows like I smile a lot even if I'm internally screaming and I make eye contact with every single person in that front row because I want them to know that I see them so that they feel included and if I'm like giving them like a cheeky little smile they feel like they're they they feel like I'm the I'm looking at them only in this entire room and they feel so included and that has always brought me more money than if I were to not do something like that hundred percent. I think like when I used to stage way back, way back when, um, back in the stone age, um, I I think that was like the, the only way I could really execute it was being like, kind of like goofy sexy. Cause like, yeah. Plus it makes you, I feel like you're less daunting that way to them. If you're like cheeky and fun and approachable, which is what you want to be. Like you want them. The big one, especially like I have to, make myself extra approachable because I am intimidating as fuck. <laughs> I am so heavily tattooed. My tits are fucking huge. Like I'm six, three, six, four in my stripper heels. Like I have to really, really bring my approachable side. The, the very, very friendly giant. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Until you pop me. So because you're such a well-known feature performer, even before I met you, I'd heard your name, especially in our hometown of Vancouver, and you've traveled all over the globe for your career, you are kind of forced to be quite open as a sex worker, where a lot of people do choose to be closeted um, as a sex worker and not have anyone know, even their closest friends or close family never know. And they kind of exit the industry having never, like, you know, (laughs) dove into it. Were you always open about your work and was that a conscious decision to be open about it? I think I hid, I hid it from, well, I never hid it from my friends. I never hid it from 
um, whoever I was dating. But I hid it from my parents for the first year. <laughs> and they're, they're divorced. They live in separate places. But when I did finally, like, tell them, kind of, like, my mom just thought I was a makeup artist. And my dad, like, we don't talk that often. So he just thought I was doing, like, whatever. I was going to school for makeup. And then I started dancing. And then when I finished my makeup school, I just kept dancing. But just did my makeup better. But <laughs> 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 um, when I told my mom, because obviously she was seeing, like, me with money all of a sudden, you know? Cash money. <laughs> Cash money. And I would just, I was, I, I would totally lie to her. I was like, oh yeah, just like these girls just like pay me to do their makeup before they go out. And I was like, totally not true. But it was, you know, it was a plausible <laughs> scenario. Um, when I told my mom, she cried and she was like sobbing. She's like, is it like, I'm so bad or <laughs> I was like, oh my god, mom, no, it's like not like that at all. Like, chill. What did and your mom say? It, Sorry, you cut out there. What did your mom say? Like, is it like on Sons of Anarchy? She was like really into Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> Classic. Um, I yes. I cried too. <laughs> Jax comes in every weekend and he's very sexy <laughs> in his oh leathers. Yeah, totally. I was just like, oh, fuck, mom, no, it's not like that at all. And then, like, this is totally the difference between my parents. When I told my dad, he kind of, like, paused in, like, a very deep thought for a second. And then he, like, side-eyed me and he was like, how much money are you making? (laughs) And that was bad. And I'm so, like, open with them about it. And it's always, like, the joke at the Christmas table. Then it's chill. It's chill. Do you have any advice for those who have been outed or want to be more open about their work or perhaps are dealing with uh, relationships that aren't very supportive of their work? It's tough for me to give relationship advice because relationships are different to people looking at them than what it's like to be inside them. Um, My relation, I'm married. My relationship works really well with me being a dancer because I tell my partner everything, every single thing. Anytime someone's tried to stick a thumb in my ass, he knows about it. Like, (laughs) but also anytime someone's given me like this out of this world compliment, like I tell him everything. So he, I mean, I, I haven't had a problem with him having a problem with my work. And unfortunately, I know a lot of other girls that have. I I mean, the only time I've ever faced that kind of that kind of thing was when I was out of a relationship that was supportive when we were in it. And then once we I was out of that relationship, then I was nothing but trash and a whore and this and a, you know a stupid fucking stripper is all I'll ever be, but here's to hoping. <laughs> I like dreams come true. Fingers crossed. Well for me so far. Um, I mean, the only advice I can really give is like own it because if you own something like that, it can't hurt you. 
you know what I mean? <laughs> no, for sure. Exactly. Sil- you- silently stare at you. Someone, someone. No, 100%. You, you have to own it because otherwise you're just going to keep getting hurt from it as you keep trying to cover things up, right? If you're very up, like upfront about who and what you are, people can either choose to like it or choose to not. And of course, things are going to get through and hurt you. But a lot fucking less, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it's certainly a lot harder to hurt someone who's standing there being like, yeah, and? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I completely agree. I also think, too, like when you're open, especially with your partnership, being super open with your husband allows very little room for outside sources to try to get between you. And I feel like most relationships, that happens to some degree, some more than others, but no one can come to your husband and say, oh, this happened or this didn't happen because he knows he would have heard it from you first. And I think that's very comforting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And no one can come to him and be like, oh, I'm pretty sure she's giving blowjobs in the back right now. He'd be like, no, like I know she's not. He's like, uh, no, because the guy the other day put the finger up her asshole and she lost it. So I doubt that. (laughs) (laughs) We have a lot of trust and we have no problem with with my job. I'm really fortunate to have a husband who's wicked supportive and so I, I fucking love my husband. He's the best. <laughs> As he slips you a dollar to say that he's a like, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I, I, I truly feel that. And I'll take that dollar too. <laughs> um, I, I think that's awesome. And it's always funny too, when people are like, Oh, if you're a sex worker in a relationship, you must, ha- you need to have so much trust. It's like, Every relationship needs to have so much trust. Like, yeah. full stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, truly. There was a uh, poll on one of the uh, dancer Instagrams that we follow uh, recently being like, would you let your man work in a strip club if, like, why or why not? It's mm-hmm. like, if your man's going to cheat on you, they're going to cheat on you anywhere. Like, a strip club does not mean that like people that work at strip clubs are not inherently more or less trustworthy. Yeah. In fact, we're actually only there for the money. So, Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. So obviously COVID is a thing and it seems like it's not going away anytime soon. At the time of this recording, um, we're still dealing with again, on again, off again, restrictions and constant um, push and pull with how it's impacting our industry. Um, obviously because of the pandemic in, in the last few years, how did you spend your time when the clubs were closed aside from learning to embalm people? <laughs> that was literally all I did. That was, I, I worked, um, I was under an apprentice license. I did a year of the schooling and then we opened up and I came right back. Um, but I was mostly in the embalming room and we were very, very busy. Death does not stop. And especially with COVID, very, very busy. And then that heat wave happened. And that was magnificent, oh. <laughs> I guess, in a way. Because I had never, like, you know, I was only in there for a short while, but I had never seen something like what that heat wave did. It was just so sad. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I did nothing. I did nothing but work death the whole time we were shut, which made me really, really sad, really, really depressed. 
And I was just so happy to be back with my fairy people. What made you decide to try your hand at embalming and and all that? I like the science part of it. I find um, human anatomy really fascinating and, you know, seeing what chemicals react with different tissues and trying to make someone look their, their best after death. Um, I, I always really liked that. But then when I would have to go front of house and meet with the families, it's like, it's, I just, I care so much that it was literally sucking the joy and the life out of me with every sad person that I would have to, to help. And I was hanging on by a thread during COVID, like a thread. (laughs) It was exhausting. Um, but I got, I got into it because my husband is actually a cremator. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so, so that's how we, that's how I got an interview. And even in my interview, like they knew I was a sex worker. I had talked to them on the phone previously. I was like, look, full disclosure. Like I have been a stripper for the past so many years. And that's, if you want me to make a resume, that's going to be like, that'll be my resume. And I did. And I put like all the places I stripped at, like everything I could bring to the table. (laughs) I did. I had a total strip club resume and I was still hired. (laughs) I have one question and one comment. First of all, do you think that your makeup um, artistry helped with the embalming? Absolutely did. Yes. Color was a thing. And we did that. You're your very best. And then also like. We corrected. (laughs) Uh, when we were uh, trying to organize when to record this, I didn't realize that when you said your husband worked the graveyard shift, you truly meant it. Literally, he works the graveyard shift in the crematorium on the graveyard. So he works 9 p.m. to 7 a.m., which is why we had to do this so late. Sorry, he's still sleeping, but I probably woke him up. It's okay. <laughs> well, remind him that he owes you a dollar. and. <laughs> I don't forget these things. Me either. I'm like Rachel gonna get her dollar. <laughs> it's the last thing I do. <laughs> so you haven't really, I guess, then dabbled much in online sex work. I know a lot of individuals in the industry, when COVID happened, they made that shift. You didn't really bother to do that shift then, it sounds like. No, like I said, I had OnlyFans for like a week. And the the online world of sex work. I loved shooting porn and I liked, liked having that production and then it goes on the internet and it's for the, on the internet forever. That was fine. But actually having to keep clients through it, constant interactions with them sucks my soul away. I love my pussy and I love my time myself, especially because like I work so much and so hard that my time to myself is really like shut off. Do not answer messages. Do not answer the phone. Like, it's very, like, I need to recharge. And for that one week I had OnlyFans, I found that you you have to answer every message. You have to interact with everyone. And your money depends on it. And I did not want to give anybody that much power over me and my time. So it yeah. worked out for me. That's something we've talked about before, too, is mad props to individuals that are doing online work because I don't think I could differentiate 
my time between my work time and I would constantly feel like that, like you're saying, like that obligation to be available or I'd be losing out on money as opposed to with a club setting, you know, when you're Rachel or when you're Danica or when you're Riley and you know, when you can take that mask off and be you and your own world. And I think I need that separation. So like, yeah, kudos to the women who can somehow manage that online. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree with you. I don't know how they do it they're all superheroes to me because I, I cannot I cannot do it and that's why I work really well in a club setting is because I sh- I show up I'm there I do my job I do it like every fucking night but I show up I'm there I do my job and then as soon as I leave that club I'm not on anymore do you know what I mean I don't have to be that character anymore mm-hmm. and I get to go home and just hunch over my table and put rhinestones on my costumes and pet my cats and drink my wine. Do you know what I mean? And that's how I live and I like it. <laughs> yeah, truly. I tried. <laughs> I tried canning for like four days and I was like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously there has been such a huge influx of girls into the sex worker industry um, via OnlyFans and sort of online things during the pandemic. Uh, do you, how do you think, if anything, that this influx of newbies into the industry will affect uh, the business as a whole? Uh, you know what? I haven't given any thought to that at all. Um, it, it hasn't affected me so far. If any, if anything, I'm doing better now that we've reopened than before we closed. So even though we have a lot more, you know, lap dance girls and PR girls have come into the club and stuff, it, it really, I haven't, I haven't seen any effect that it's had on, on me and my performance and my bank account or my life at all. I don't know. I made a couple new friends. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's great to hear because I, I feel like it is kind of not concerning, but I feel like those who have been in the industry, um, even as a shorter time as like three or four years as me, still feel like, you know, we've had to go through sort of the stigma of, of sex work and now it's become such a open, like everyone's doing it type of thing, which on one hand I feel like could be really positive in the fact that it'll work to sort of break that stigma down. But on the other hand, it might oversaturate the industry a little. Um, I don't think that that stigma is going to go away. I just think that now there's more of us with a stigma. Mm. And it's unfortunate, but I, that's the way that I kind of feel that it's, it is because trust me, I, w- I did that square job. That stigma is always there forever. <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes, I think we like to believe that our society is becoming more sexually progressive and that sex workers are also included in that and given that kind of grace. But I think that also might be because most of us, our circle is sex workers. So we forget. And then when we do step out of our circle into a square job, we're like, Oh, right. Y'all hate us. Got it. <laughs> like now I remember. <laughs> and that's my experience. And so when I went back to the club, I was like, Oh, everything is wonderful. And with like-minded people who love each other for the most part. <laughs> and you know, I get, I get to walk away from all that judgment, even though I'm being judged just from afar. Cause you're just in, 
you know, you're in the, you're in the seats in the booth now. <laughs> At least you're making money off them now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so and we will keep them afar. <laughs> Yeah, right? Whereas like the people I was surrounded with all the time were were those people that were that that were very judgy and felt that I should not be there and I should not be working with families, you know, because oh my god, what if they found out who she is? And the funny thing is they're probably the same ones that when they come to the strip club, they go, You're too pretty to work here, you're too smart to work here, you should get a real job. What's your real job? <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but you hate us when we have a real job. So, like, totally what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> so, we've also talked at length on the podcast about our experiences with burnout, um, especially as full-time sex workers, and not to mention stage performers, where you really are giving a lot of yourself to an entire room of people. Not, and then not to mention the amount of work that you do. You know, I, I used to joke all the time, if I went into the club one day a week, it was a good week for me. <laughs> um, so do yeah, you... I wish I had your discipline. <laughs> yeah, that's very kind of you. It's called laziness. But <laughs> yes, I like I like that, that twist on it. It's very nice. My discipline <laughs> to not overwork myself. <laughs> So, yeah, you you hustle, Hella. So, do you have any suggestions or recommendations, or how do you personally protect yourself from burnout? It's by taking that time to myself when I'm when I'm off, and I I will not answer messages. I will not answer the phone. Like my phone stays on silent for most of my day until I decide that it's not going to be on silent, because I just have to take that that space and that peace for me so that I can come back in and I can just vomit sparkle all over all of you. <laughs> Breathe fire all over the front row. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, Not to give you advice on your stage shows, but maybe try vomiting <laughs> glitter everywhere. <laughs> I think we have something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll run it by the boss. See what it did. <laughs> oh, fuck whoever cleans that up, to be honest. The porters. The porters would hate me more than they already do. <laughs> <laughs> so switching gears a bit here, we obviously live in a world where cosmetic surgery is very popular, especially in our line of work. And one thing we've always really admired about you is your candidness and honesty about what you've had done and also the fact that you don't gatekeep good doctors it was no. one of the first things you said here you're like you know I didn't look this way it's all plastic surgery um <laughs> love to see it <laughs> I want you to give me a list do to you take to a doctor so that I can have your face Riley do not exploit the podcast time with your own evil oh, intentions yes. <laughs> she uh she saw your story the other day and she's like <gasps> she's like what do you think Rachel got done do you think she'll tell me the doctors I'm like Leave her be. Like, <laughs> and I was I like, wanna, I want to be able to take it to a doctor and be like, I want this. We're, also, we're just going to bring oh. your photo and be like, make us this. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of work. It's been a long journey. <laughs> um, so, so you're asking like what I've had done. And, and yes, where? that is the next question because we have no shame in the questions we ask. Uh, I'm not being honest about it because, hell yeah, I love plastic surgery. I am plastic fantastic. I love it. I love to hear it. 
Um, yeah. So for those that want your face and body, can you please tell us what you've had done and if you're comfortable where you went? Yeah, so I had my nose, my rhinoplasty, and f- as of five days ago, my chin implant by the same doctor. His name is Dr. Denton in Vancouver. Um, and I've had my breasts done twice. So the first time I went from like, oh my God, you guys should have seen my natural tits. They were fucking hideous. They were so gross. Why? Yes. They were like cow udders. Like they were shit. (laughs) (laughs) They were. And then like, I've come so far and I'm just so proud. (laughs) And okay. Fun fact for you guys. I kept my first set of breast implants and they're in my freezer and I use them as ice packs. So I've been icing my chin with my old tits. Oh, that's brilliant. And I use it to put on my knees when I come home from work too as like ice packs. I wish I got to keep my old boobs. Yeah, well, I asked. I figured, fuck it, I paid for them. 100%. I don't to keep them. (laughs) That's awesome. So the first first doctor I went to for my breast was Dr. Mosher in Langley, British Columbia. He's really good. He's like a reconstructive surgeon. He fixes everybody's mistakes, basically. But he's... mm, Modest. He's very modest. So my first set was 435 cc's, which brought me to like a, like a good double D, maybe D, small D, double D. And on my frame, like it was fine. They definitely looked real because, you know, I'm 5'10". I'm like a pretty slender build. Got good hips, but like a relatively slender build. And now my new set are 800s and they're just, they're just amazing. They're just the best best breasts in the west they call me ah. well 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 one time and i'm like holding on to it forever. wow he also called me that no, I'm just joking. <laughs> guys, guys. so i would not be surprised but i went for my um for the ones that everybody sees recently i went to dr constantino mendieta in miami florida and he's like the guy who does butts by Mendieta. He does good boobs too. That's so wild. I my first boob job, I did lo- no, I didn't do locally. I did it out in Vegas. Just kidding. Yeah. But I did like 500 cc's and then I jumped to 700 and out in Miami cuz no yeah, one here would do Miami bigger. Here. Yeah, they know. Mm-hmm. They know what's going on. Yeah, they get out there. <laughs> Same guys. <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's all the like plastic surgery that I've had, but I uh, like I get Botox and fillers and and my lips done just like everybody else. That's not it's not a secret. You have really really good skin. I remember we were sitting at the bar a little while back, and I was like, "What do you put on your skin?" And you're like, "What?" And I was like, "Tell me." You were like, "Your skin is perfect. Tell me everything." <laughs> and you looked like kind of terrified. I was like, "I'm not gonna like Hannibal Lecter and like wear it. I just want to know." <laughs> like, so one product that I swear by is that Sunday Riley Good Jeans. Yes. It's a lactic acid treatment, and I use it. It, it. it will never ever leave like my bathroom it's just I will always keep replenishing that and otherwise like I don't know I like certain other skincare things but I'll switch them up if I get bored of them like I won't even finish them sometimes (laughs) do you do any kind of like lasers or microneedling on your face anything like that I've had microneedling done one time um I just like I kind of noticed it was I think you're supposed to do it like a handful of times to see results. Mm-hmm. I, I just only had it done the one time. 
Um, and I, I didn't really, so I can't really say whether it would have made a difference or not, or if it even did after that one time, I have never had laser done anywhere. Hmm. I've never had, uh, like laser hair removal. I've never a shave. Like I'm just, I'm trying to grow my bush out right now. I'm like really excited about it. I hope to come back to work with like a good triangle because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like that. And I've had a landing strip for a really, really long time. And I just, I want a full triangle. I really, really do. So when I worked in Alberta, um, a woman I worked with out there, like I automatically felt like calling her a woman just because of her vaginal hair, but, uh, <laughs> But, uh, her pubic mound. Um, but yeah, she had like a full, full on bush, like not trimmed at all. Not at all. Love. She works here in Vancouver now and people still talk about it. She's like, and I've known her for like, I mean, yeah, we've worked together for like eight plus years, like at similar clubs and anyone comments like, or meets her, they're like, she has a bush. I'm like, I know I've heard about for eight fucking years. Like, It's haunting me. It follows me. (laughs) Like, okay, I love a good bush. Bush is fantastic. The pheromones that come off it, like, it's amazing. I I love bush. I will always be like, go bush. (laughs) Unfortunately, I lasered it all, so. (laughs) Bush here, (laughs) ever. So, yeah, so I didn't do any laser or anything, so I can grow what what I need to if I want to. Um, But I've had a landing strip for a really long time because I feel like the old guys are like, Oh my God. Yes. You have hair down there. like so awesome. But I can't have enough hair that like all the young guys are like, Holy fuck. Look at the hair down there. Like mom. <laughs> yes. child. <laughs> I don't care. I'm getting older. I'm going to start playing out the mom thing. Fuck it. <laughs> like I, I don't look 19 years old. So uh, this sounds like a really creepy question to ask now considering what we were just talking about, but what's your natural hair color? My natural hair color is like a very sort of murky, like a dishwater blonde. It's like, oh, it's like the dirty dishwater. It's like not cute at all. It's like dishwater when you take all the dishes out of the sink and it's, you're just left with, like, slop. Like, that's my natural uh, hair. Say less. <laughs> say less. Um, what, uh, how do you keep, like, I don't think I've ever seen you with uh, any kind of root. How do you, like, keep your hair dyed so well? Um, thank you. It's, uh, <laughs> it is, I, I'm obsessive with, with my hair. So I, I do not allow for any root. Um, and if I do have root, then I cover it up with like a root spray because mm. I'm just nuts. But I'm, I'm so high upkeep when it comes to my hair that just you'll never see it. I'm really like, really glad you noticed. Like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I made a fatal mistake of going from like long jet black hair that I had for years to like platinum blonde. And I'm a very like surprisingly low maintenance kind of person like that's why I need my lashes on because I can't be fucked to do makeup and I can't be fucked to do hair and I have made the grave mistake of going blonde and now I have like permanent root all the time so I admire it's a look look for some people I'm just like I'm an obsessive person and it just it's it's a thing with me and especially because like my hair right now with the dark red that I have if it grows out that like dishwater 
blonde, there's like a lot of weird green tones in it, and it just looks shit. So I cannot allow it to happen. <laughs> Whereas like yours is cute, like yours is a look, right? Nineties are back, like. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to pause you right there. I have never in my life heard anyone say that you were like not high maintenance. <laughs> my personalities, but like physically wise, like I don't put much effort into like doing my hair and makeup. Like, let's be honest. You don't put much effort into doing your hair and makeup, but I have never seen someone so like neurotically do like hair masks. And if, if it, you have rescheduled true. things because a nail has broken or well, that's like, just like, <laughs> my God, I'm not an animal. Like, <laughs> Can't be showing up with bad nails. What was that, Rachel? I said I relate to that so hard right now. <laughs> I I just took my nails off and it's fucking killing me. Mm-hmm. But I need yeah, to. Like, I need to give them a break. I like you did, Um. So, what has been your favorite changes or procedures? I'm gonna guess your breast, which yeah. we are competing yeah. with. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will say that my second boob job, so that have the 800 cc's that I am currently rocking on my chest, they, I mean, I can, I, I do tricks with them. Do you know what I mean? Like they're money makers. These fucking things rock. I'm so glad I did that. <laughs> um, th- that's definitely my favorite. My, my nose, I got a really good nose job. And people are always like, I didn't even know that you had a nose job. But then when you look at old pictures of me, people are like, holy shit. Like, it was just, it wasn't such a change that people were like, oh, fuck. Like, she's walking around, like, with her little plastic nose. But, like, my nose was a lot bigger, a lot longer, and it hooked left. But people didn't seem to notice. Mm -mm. I noticed. I don't know. So, yeah, my nose is cute. I like it. And then my chin now, I mean, it's still really swollen, it's it's bruised, but I'm liking the way that my face is shaping up, I'm happy with it, just gotta upkeep it, you know? I have an appointment for filler and Botox, like, almost right before I go back to work, because it's how we do things, right? (laughs) Yes, so if I was to go to a doctor, what fillers would I say that I needed (laughs) to look like you? (laughs) What I get right now... I'll do like Botox in my, actually I I have like almost nothing in my face right now. And I've been holding off on it because of my chin implant, because I didn't know how my face was going to look after it. So I don't have like anything in my face right now, but what I'm going to get when I go in. (laughs) She gets her pad and paper. (laughs) So I'll do like the, like the forehead lines and then I'll do the frown lines because I frown in my sleep. I'm just like a mean old bitch when I see you. <laughs> <laughs> see, you guys can see it. Look, I have lines right now. Wild. I will do like the crow's feet area, like lightly, but I don't want it so freaky looking that like, like I, people don't actually know what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I still want people to know what I'm thinking. I'm going to get my cheekbones, like my cheeks done up high just to match my new chin. And then that'll probably be it. I'm fine with the way my lips are right now. Yeah, that'll be it. I did once, okay, so before I had my chin done, I did once get that, like, non-surgical facelift or whatever where they do the cheekbones and the chin. 
Mm. And they like, and I looked fucked. I looked freaky. Like even for me, <laughs> no, cross it out. I saw you writing it. Cross it out, Riley. Don't <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's the thing. It goes back to that approach. Like thing we were talking about earlier about looking approachable. I did not look approachable. Already I'm scary. And then I looked like a fucking freaky Disney villain creature. Like I was so angular that I looked like, like scary even for me. Like it was a little much. I think that when um, they do my cheeks up here, it's going to pull it out enough that it will actually like lift that area. Write that down, Riley. <laughs> Get this. And who do you go to for a Phyllis and Botox? Riley's just going to be in your DMs a lot after this harassing you. So I apologize if I've unleashed her. <laughs> Usually I rein her in a bit. <laughs> there was this, there was this um, Vancouver med spa that I was working with called optimal body sculpting and they do all that stuff in there they do like the microneedling they do I, I used to get done like the the it wasn't like cool sculpting they used heat so I haven't to have I haven't had it done in a really long time but I used to get it done and it would like mat, melt your fat cells I don't remember exactly what it was called but you do it enough times and it could actually like kill some of the fat cells over time but Riley. it's not Write this down like, for me. <laughs> I, will say, I will say, if you're looking to, like, lose that weight around there, get fucking liposuction because then it's gone. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, this will not do what liposuction can do. The, what I was getting done was only good if you need, like, a quick fix and you're wearing a satin dress on a certain night and you just need to, like, suck it in for a little bit. I've, I just, I've seen so many bad lipo jobs where like the cellulite is so bad post lipo or like you can see like they too aggressively went in and you can see like the marks and I'm like Ugh, I'd rather just be like cute and chubby <laughs> as opposed to like cellulite yeah, and scarred bad lipo as well but however like Leonie who you guys had on the show like my girlfriend Leonie her lipo is amazing yeah like she had a bbo when we were in miami and unfortunately she her fat didn't survive in her ass right her lipo looks incredible even after like she's had two kids now she's amazing she's yeah i remember we i was and talking to her about her like, bbl she'd be like thank you dr mendietta because she's like bounce back like <laughs> crazy okay i'm gonna have to look this up miami <laughs> <laughs> riley has it written down <laughs> of course she does she's on it <laughs> Well, thank you for coming on the podcast and thank you for my new soon to be body. Thank you for having me. I love this shit. I feel like I'm gonna like pick up Riley from her house one day and it's gonna be like Rachel 2.0. I'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> You'd be like, you didn't look like a cat yesterday, and now you do. Like, oh my god, fingers fucking crossed. <laughs> Um, and all when I got that like non-surgical facelift, I felt like I looked like a fucking feline creature. Like it was like oh, you guys are <laughs> we don't hate it to be honest. <laughs> it was freaky, but you know what? I I always say this, and I'll send you guys off with this. Why be natural when you can be supernatural? Yes, absolutely. Okay, but before we let you go, we have, you're like, I said send off. <laughs> the Instagrams are... <laughs> Leave her alone, Riley. 
I don't remember them off, um, but I will send them to you. See, Rachel, you think she's cute with her little accent, but she gets annoying quick, okay? Take her off my hands. <laughs> so before we let you go, we have three rapid fire questions we ask to all our guests before they leave. The okay. first one, what is one thing on your sexual bucket list that you haven't done yet but want to try? <laughs> my brain immediately said gangbang, but I don't think it's going to happen now that I'm married. <laughs> you said what you said. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe slip him a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> The second one here, what is one thing you've tried sexually that you probably wouldn't do again? Oh, yeah. Um, I had this guy who was, like, really into making women vomit with his dick. Like, those kind of blowjobs? Nah, not for me. Okay. <laughs> and lastly... Was like, oh my god, I just... <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's really really I'm sorry. It is a joke. I only did it the one time. I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and lastly, <laughs> and lastly, if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? I would do anything. I'd show everyone my tits and all the tricks that they could do. Well spent 30 seconds. <laughs> You don't call it fun bags for nothing, right? Exactly. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. We adore you, and it's been an absolute pleasure to pick your brain and learn all of your cosmetic surgeons' names. Thank you. I love you guys, too. Love working with you guys. Thank you. And, Rachel, where can people find you? Instagram, at the real Rachel Rampage. That's and pretty much it. <laughs> And as always, you can find me on Instagram at 50plusatip or email at 50plustip at gmail.com. Slide into the DMs with any questions, comments. We love getting them. Thank you so much for joining us, Rachel. Thank you. Have a wonderful week and happy whoring. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Snaps.